0: Hey guys, at the YMCA Rebuild, we're in the business of reducing recidivism in Victoria and in no way do we condone criminal activity discussed in these episodes. We support victims of crime and are committed to creating a safer community. Please be aware that this episode has drug references.
1: I was with Rebuild for about, from November to about June 2019 and then I lost my job because I was falling into those bad habits again.
0: Welcome to A Time To Rebuild, the podcast that explores the impact of crime, from incarceration to positive transformation, and everything in between. Today on the show, we have a young man that will go by the name of John. His story is one of many highs and lows. John began work with Rebuild back in 2018, then lost his position. Time passed and John was given another opportunity, one that he hasn't looked back on. John is in a much better place now, which has allowed him to reflect on his journey and how far he's come. First of all, John, thanks for taking the time uh, to come and have a chat with us today. No worries. We actually, we've
1: met previously. Yeah. Uh, uh, Would have been a couple of years back now. Yeah, a couple of years now. How
0: are you finding yourself at the moment?
1: I'm in a good place. Yep. I'm in a very good place. Um Got a beautiful fiancé, got a daughter. So she's about to be six months old. So I would say I'm in a very good place. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Wow.
0: Um, And very much a different place than where you've been previously.
1: Completely different. Mm. It's kind of like switched on his heads, really. So it's done a complete 180. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So what was John like growing up?
1: (sighs) John was a bit – he was very angry, sad – upset with the world, didn't know what was going on, didn't know what was aware around him, um, in a very troublesome place. And uh, it was just a different world back then. Like, my mum was a heroin addict, um, didn't really care much for her own kids, let alone her own sake. Um, Very at war with herself. Um, My father was never around um, I had two younger sisters and a brother. Um so I I mean as a kid I had to figure out quick what I had to do to look after my younger siblings and um me young myself I was only 10 years old when I lost my mother and um I had to had to grow up quick, had to be a man, had to be the man of the house. Um had to look after my younger siblings and just pretty much figure out for them what I wanted them to be in life. Um, did I want to go the route that my parents had taken or did I want to be somebody? But at the same time, growing up, I was kind of stuck in like a drug environment, crime environment, um, living in a lot of bad areas. So, I mean, the the light at the tunnel wasn't so big back then. It was always so tiny. And um, I just thought maybe I would never find my way out because the things I was around and the things I'd seen and the things I'd done. So, yeah, it was pretty rough, pretty rough.
0: So growing up with your mum having a, a heroin a- habit, how did that affect you?
1: When it when it was first around, I didn't know sort of what drugs were. Um, I'd just always see my mum, you know, tired or, you know, wasn't up for activities or wasn't up for doing what a mother should supposed to do. Um, so I learned out quick what Her addiction meant, and that meant that she didn't have full-time capability of us, which means I had to step into the light and I had to do something. So I would, you know, look after my sisters, feed them, bath them, clothe them, get them to sleep, wake them up in the morning. And this means that I'd be missing out on school myself. So I never had that really that good education because my education was, look, you know, school's not everything, family's everything, you got to... So, yeah...
0: Yeah. You had to grow up pretty quickly. Yeah,
1: So, I mean, for that heroin addiction, I didn't quite understand it as fully as I did later on in life. But, yeah, it was pretty tough. Mm. Were you angry at your mum back
2: then? Or were you...
1: I would say yes because, I mean, I was supposed to have a mother and I was supposed to have a father. And my mum kind of cut out that relationship with my father because I never knew him, never met him, don't know what he looks like. Never spoke to him, so yeah, I mean, you know, I was supposed to have a mother, a mother that taught me things about life, taught me things about how to be the man that I wanted to be, but let alone the man that she wanted me to be. So I never really understood fun times or happiness because my mum was always down, she was always yelling, I was always taking the beatings, I was always, so yeah, I had to learn quick and yes, I was pretty angry at the start, yeah. How'd I play into school? Did you, how'd you go in school? I mean, at the start I was good. I wanted to be something good, but just so much things that happened at home, I was taking weeks and months off at school at a time, moving, you know, eight different schools, eight different homes, all within like a three-month period I'd be there one place, be there another place. And so at school I was getting into a lot of trouble. I was, you know, 11 years old, wagging days, and trying to find things that would help my mum or you know, I would have to go support my mum's habit, you know, go even sell like a bunch of 500 stickers to get her money to fund for her habit. So, I mean, going to school, I was very angry because, you know, I was getting in a lot of fights. I was getting, you know, looking at the teachers as if they were an enemy. So Mm -hmm. I didn't see them as someone that was going to help me. So, yeah, it was pretty rough school.
2: When did you start then to take that into offending um, committing crimes and so forth. Or was there a step before that? Was there any substances involved as well, or was um, it just where he? You... Yeah,
1: I'll get to that. So it started when I, when my mum had died. Um, my brother first had died when he was a kid. Um, didn't really understand it as much because I was young. But once my um, a man come into my life who is the father to my two sisters, and um, after a certain amount of years, he gave me the opportunity to call him dad. So I did. And he was a great part of my life, you know, he taught me how to ride a bike He taught me, you know, if you ride it and you fall off, you get back up on it, you know, that's just how it is So once he had passed away, he actually had a car accident on the way to pick up my sisters So that was the first really loss that I took hard because I understood it And I was like, what am I going to do? So when I lost him, I was like, far out, you know, like If this is all that's going to be, this is all I'm going to have So then when my mum had passed away in 2010 my grandma took us all in, me and my sisters, and I think I was about 14, fifteen, I started getting on the weed, started getting under other hard drugs to deal with the losses that I'd had, and I didn't know back then that it was never a good idea to do that, but for me back then, it was a good idea because all i all I did was forget, and that's all I wanted to do was forget. I didn't want to feel the pain, I didn't want to feel that, you know, so yeah, it was about 15. And my grandma kicked me out of the house, and she said, pretty much, don't come back. And I was like, all right, well, this is the life I've got to live. Now I know what I've got to do. So I had to, in in the offending process, I was, you know, just going through cars, getting money, spending that money on food, spending on that money to get by. And then it turned into bigger things, harder things, to the point where I got incarcerated. So you were homeless at 15?
2: Yeah. And um, started to commit crimes. Did you then start to become into contact with the um, youth justice system back then? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So 16, I went into um, Parkfield youth justice. Um, That was just for a couple of weeks at the start. And then, you know, but because back then I was more into the, that, you know, that graffiti crews and having that family that I never had so it was always the boys (laughs) as soon as I got involved into the youth justice I was always like oh well I'll get that release date and I'll come out and I'll be with the boys you know it's all one happy big game Mm -hmm. so I didn't really understand what it took to do a crime and take the consequence for it I was more like all right well I'm only young it's not going to be forever um, I'll get out and I'll be with the boys soon, in a couple of weeks. And that's exactly what kept happening kept occurring. I'd get out, do more drugs, do harder drugs, do more crime, go back in. So, yeah, 16 was youth justice time for me. And getting in, uh, involved with youth justice and YMCA and all that. And So, yeah. Mm. And then, was it like
2: repeated, like 16 to like a certain age? Were you in and out, like what age was that oh. from 16 to...
1: From about 16 to about two years ago, so it would have been 23.
2: 23. So you moved from the youth system
1: then into the adult system. Yeah, I call it the big three. So yeah, I did Parkville, Marsbury, and then Big Boys.
2: Yeah. What was the What was the difference? What was the change that you noticed from moving up from you know um, Parkville, obviously Marsbury, and then into the into the the Big Boys, the adults.
1: Uh, it's a big difference, really, because when you're in youth justice, it's just it's just young minds. They don't, like, there's no, all right, don't do this because you're bad, It's or oh, do this because, you know, you got reputation or, you know, you're only young. So it's very young-minded in there. They don't care. They do the same things. So when I got to big boys, it was a big change because it was, like, such a lot of mature people, very quiet, just doing their time, um and they want to get out. So I got taken under the wing pretty quick and um, learnt the ropes pretty quick. So, mm. yeah.
0: Did you make any mistakes, I guess, in your first uh,
1: instance with the big boys? Um, Not really. I never had any really mistakes because I, I had to learn quick, and that that was taught for me from a young age growing up, you know, um, sort of that self-minded standard, like, don't talk to police, don't do this, don't do that. So... I mean, I was already pretty sweet. I didn't have any like bad run-ins. Didn't have any bad heads come up to me and be like, "All right, it's time," you know. Mm-hmm. So I was pretty fortunate in that that regard. Yeah. So tell
2: us about when you when you're in prison in adult prison, um, the difference between a day in an adult prison and the difference between a day in a youth, um, detention. Like, how much of a difference is there?
1: Oh, there's a big difference. So like in Marnsbury or Parkville, it it seems forever, because you don't know what to do, you don't know where the help is, I mean, even the, I wouldn't even call them prison officers in youth justice, they're more like DHS workers, so they're not really there to be on your, your behind every second, every step, so... I mean, a day compared from Big Boys to Parkville is big in Parkville because it seems like two days in one day. Mm. Whereas you go to Big Boys, you've got things to do. You need to make calls. You need to, you know, go see people or get visits. But I never had any of that. So I just did about my day was training, um, eating. And then when I was in first Big Boys, it was 23-hour lockdown. So, I mean, you'd only get an hour out to do what you wanted to do and then back in the cell. So... Mm. It was very quick, very, very quick big boys. Talk to me about 23-hour lockdown. What's that do for your mind? Well, for me, it was good. Yeah. And this is what started that process of, all right, things need to change. Because, I mean, if you're, if you're allowed out, say, 12 hours or do whatever you need to do, I mean, you can do things. But, I mean, one, 23-hour lockdown was good because I had a lot of time for me, I'm a music artist, so, like, I just had a lot of time to write down, you know, what I was going through, what I had to do to change, and that's how I got through it. So I was just talking to myself, not in a in a psychotic way. I mean, talking to myself as, you're in 23-hour lockdown, and this is not your choice. Like, this is what you got. So you got to make the most of it. So how are you going to change? How are you going to be this man? And I stuff up a couple of times along the way, like, big boys, I was in there for a couple of periods, long periods, a couple of times, and every time I'd be like, oh, you know, what are you doing? I'm back in here again, and I thought you would change. But, yeah, like, 23-hour lockdown was good for me. I mean, some people wouldn't take it right. They'd be like, oh, man, this is this is extreme. Like, I can't do this. I can't take it. But for me, it was really good because it, it taught me how to talk to myself and, all right, stand up, all right, you know. Even if you walk up and couple downs and just be like, all right, now I know what I've done wrong. And for me, it was good because it seen my consequences from a better point of view so i was like all right i'm in 23 hour lockdown this is proper punishment what am i going to do to change so yeah
2: how long did you go to um how long were you in adult prison
1: oh, all together or now talk us if there's if if there was a couple of times how are you oh i mean there was nothing less than 10 months yeah so it was you know 10 months or 16 months or 2 years so it was a couple instances in big boys where I did a couple big whacks and um stuffed up but the last time was pretty good for me because I did 17 months or 18 and a half months yeah I think it was seventeen and a half. and a half sorry and um I met actually a lot of good people along the way I met one of the um, a good friend of mine in there and um he just said man what are you doing you know like you've got because when I went in the second last time, it was I went inside for breaching an IVO because I had posted a picture of my daughter online. And this is the first order that I had to my ex-girlfriend. And she cut, pretty much cut me off as soon as she was born. So I kind of went into this state, all right, well, I've tried hard, I've tried hard to really get what I wanted in life. And this individual has cut me down, brought me down to my knees. So what am I going to do now? So in that five-year period of going in and out of big boys... It was just like, well, man, I just keep getting brought down. I keep getting brought down. I can't do nothing. I can't get out of this box that I'm in. So, yeah, it was pretty rough.
2: Yeah. Really interested to hear about, like, how you build relationships within prison, you know. like So when you went into adult prison, um, did you know people already in, the, in that prison? As you say, people took you on your wing. And... Talk us through how it how you go about like building them kind of relationships because I I'd imagine it can be tricky, you know, and, <coughs> and how you like, how you how you break down that break it down with people, and how you can get to trust them and them to trust you and so forth.
1: Ah, uh, well, really, the first thing I got taught is don't go out looking for it. I mean, don't go out and bring yourself out there. People don't want to know, like, sort of like smarter sort of people like they don't want to be too forward so i mean just be yourself that's how i was so i was just myself i didn't wander into people's business situations and that's how you build a relationship you know you you'll get a couple of loose ends where like people will talk to you and be like oh hey man how you going you know um sort of i'm by myself you're by yourself let's have a chat sort of thing so that's how it pretty much started hmm. i mean you don't go looking for anything you don't go just uh, you see a group of people and go all right i'm just gonna go talk to these blokes that's not how it goes. So you just do your own thing, be yourself, and someone will just eventually come up and be like, hey, man, do you want to play some cards or do you want to have a coffee and go for a walk or something? So that's how it started for me.
2: Mm. And you build some good relationships? Yeah, good
1: relationships. I mean, I knew already a couple people, like, from going in and out, so that helped. But meeting new people, it was just being yourself and just having a chat, really, and just having a brew, as they say, and just going for a walk.
2: Is it really important to have that inside To be able to have someone that you can actually, you
1: know, have them long conversations with? Um, It depends what type of person you are, really. So, like, for me, I'm a Gemini, so I always love a chat. And um, so for me, it helped to talk to someone, but it also didn't help because I didn't need to talk to anyone. I was just doing my own thing and just copying what I'd done on the chin, really. I see it like as if you have a fun time in prison, you're not learning your lesson. So for me, I was just, I wasn't really talking much. If someone come up to me, I'd just have a chat with them and that was about it. That's how I created relationships. Do you get a think, did you get to think about, you
2: know, what, what made you end up in there? Do you reflect a lot?
1: I reflect a lot still. Yeah. I reflect a lot because if I didn't go through what I went through, if I didn't go through the adversities I went through, I probably wouldn't be here today and I've said that a million times, like, if I didn't have sisters, or I didn't have my daughters, I'd probably still be in there, like, there wasn't, now I've got responsibilities, I've got to do something with myself, and that's only changed in the last two and a half years that I've been with, you know, why I'm um, YMCA and having a job, so, yeah, I've learned a lot about myself, I've had to, you know, I didn't want to be like my mother, no offence to her, I forgive her for everything she's done, but, I mean it's time to move forward and I can't always keep reflecting back on my mother and what she's done. So yeah.
0: Do you find yourself looking forward a lot more now?
1: Yeah, well I love life a lot more because I'm not I've quit all the drugs and I've um through all the things I went through like the death, the losses, like I've lost 17 of my best mates to death and suicides and all that. So I never was the first person to be like, man, I just want to die, you know. I want to be the better person. And I want to be better for the people around me Knowing that there's always someone there to talk to There's always someone there to, you know, pat you on the back and be like Look, man, you can cry on my shoulder because I know what it's like So, yeah, moving forward, I love life Like, I just think about life like, man, like, I'm a dad now I've got that time that I never had with my first child God bless her um, She's still around, but I just don't know She's She'll be five now, so I mean it's always I'm always thinking back to what I've done and thinking about life now but I just enjoy it more. I just got things to do, you know, buy my myself things instead of going out and stealing for it. I buy myself things and it makes me feel good about the person I am. So that just that's how I push through.
0: You've earned that money. Yeah. And then yeah, it's it's worth a lot more. Yeah.
1: Like I never even had savings, but now I've got savings and it's like, man, I've got money there. Like yeah, it's just um big man things I reckon.
0: Yeah. Taking that next step.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah yep. got to, you know. I'll still be in that same same tile, being like, oh, well, which way, which direction am I going to go? Standing on the corner, like, far out, man. There's so many different routes I can take, but this is the one I want to take. Mac. Mick.
2: Mate, I've just got five Miss past here today.
0: You know I'm on leave. What do you want now? Mate, I've just sold all my unwanted Christmas presents. I'm ready to buy something I actually want now.
2: Well, mate, if you're ready to spend, I tell you, I'm ready to sell. Did you know that the Rebuild online shop has got its sales on at the moment and you can get items for up to 50% off?
0: Hang on. This isn't www.ymcarebuild.org.au, is it? Mac,
2: at last, mate, you're finally bloody listening to me. That's the one, mate. Get that money. Get
0: online and get spending. I'm oh, there.
2: Can't believe you sell out your presence. Is it hard to stay on track?
1: Is oh, it, like, yeah? Is definitely. It, is a like,
2: temptation all around you sometimes? Oh,
1: There's temptations everywhere you go, yeah. really. I think that's with everyone, but um, it's just about what you do with that temptation and how you handle that situation. So, I mean, the temptation's always going to be there. I've still got the same people that go, oh, man, come out for a good night, and I'm just like, no, man. I've got I've got children now, you know, so that's she she's the one that makes me smile and the mate, the one that makes me go like you're a good person now, so it
2: must be hard though, having you know, when people are asking you to, to come out and do all that. It must be hard after a while to continually have to, you know, to say no or to figure a way around it as well. Like the
1: you know do you struggle with that or Oh I definitely struggle. Like definitely, but It's the more I build up by saying no or the the more I have the confidence to go like, nah, man, we'll do it a different time or nah, man, I'm just making music or nah, I'm just doing this. So, I mean, it builds a a stigma for yourself. So it's like, oh, I've got that confidence. I can say no, I don't need to really think about it twice. So, yeah, I mean, for me, it's from saying no so many times, it's built up that thing for me. Like I've already got like that shield sort of thing. Like I don't need to do it. Like I've said no. That's all you're going to get. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
2: Do you surround yourself now? Do you try, like, do you try and surround yourself now by you know,
1: people that you know can be positive in your life? Oh, yeah, definitely. I've got a lot of de- um, positive people. And I'm not disregarding the people that I say no to. I've always got their backs. So I always try and give them advice. And I always try and say to them, look, man, like things are going to knock you down in your life. And there's always going to be obstacles. But life was never meant to be easy. You know, what I mean, if life was easy, it wouldn't be no point living. So for me, not disregarding them people, but you just have to distance yourself with them people. I mean, you can still give them advice, still help them, still give them the right things that they need without you being there. So for me, I've got a lot of positive people, and that's because I've got a lot of positive people because I don't hang around that negativity anymore, or some people would say bad juju. So I don't hang around that anymore. So I've got a lot of positive people. A lot of good people to help me along the way.
0: Ah, that's good. That's good. So what do you do personally um, to keep yourself in this, like, mental state?
1: Um, Make music. Um, Even, like, there's some days, you know, where I get down just like anyone else does. Um, But for me, as a kid, going through that crime and drugs and jail and whatever I went through, for me to find my voice, before I could even talk about this, like, a couple of years ago, I wouldn't even be able to come in here and talk about this, but... The way I was able to produce words and speak was through music. So everything I was going through at the age of 9, 10, whatever it was, I found my way through music. So I was making music and it's... I don't know, I was attaching the pain to those words. So And that helped me a lot. So what I do now is I, I make music, um, play some games here and there, a bit of PlayStation, uh, play sport um go for walks runs whatever you want to do so yeah it's just about finding something that you like and doing it really
2: and when you're in prison did you get involved in lots of programs
1: yeah yeah i did because in jail they've got everything you want there it's just up for you to do it so i mean i did numerous and numerous amounts of drug acti- um, drug activities and programs and um joined myself in like youth programs and stuff like that so yeah i did as much as i could in the little of time i had or the amount of time i had so yeah
2: so how did you come in in contact with rebuild <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> no i came in contact with rebuild when i was at the end of my sentence two years ago before i got out and um that was at Ravenhall Correctional Facility, and I was sentenced there. I'd done 17 months and um, rebuild come in, interview me, but they were already doing a the program in there. So I was doing this program. I can't even remember what it's called now. It's been a while. Yeah,
2: that's the, that'll be the rebuild fact, program. Be, that'll yeah, be the yeah. – uh, Yeah. 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 So I can't
1: remember what it was called, but yeah.
2: Yeah, and that's the rebuild program they have a the, in the workshop yeah. in Ravenhall. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You'll be working with um, – with Rob and Ross. Yeah, yeah, they were good blokes. So,
1: yeah. yeah, I did that. They taught you pretty much everything from woodwork to plaster to pretty much, you know, building fen- uh, fundamentals out of like a – like I said, they'd build a house frame but it would be out of wood. So they'd teach you measurements, they teach you this, they teach you that. they go, all right, well, now that I've taught you all that, go make a chessboard or go make – do this. So that's what i done. And then coming to the end, towards the end of the program, was coming to the end of my release date. So I finished the program. I think a couple of days before I was getting released. And then um, Damien come in, gave me an interview at Ravenhall with Kate. It was the first time I met Kate and Damo. And um, yeah, they come in and said, "Look, we like your work. How would you like to participate in this program outside?" And I was like, "Oh, well, I've worked hard for this. I've done all the programs I could." So, yeah, once that day come. um, And I see Damien as sort of like a big brother sort of mentor because he was like to me, look, I don't want you to get out and do the same stuff you were doing before. So I don't want you to take three weeks off. Don't want you to take four weeks off. I want to give you a week off and then you come see me. We'll do an interview and we'll get you started. So that's what I did as soon as I got out. Settled into my own place. Um, which was very good, was in Hawthorne, close to the city, close to anywhere I needed to go. Bit nervous, you know, the first time I sort of really had that job opportunity. I never really looked for a job. I was always in that crime. So, yeah, once that day come that I met Damo and Kate, sat down in uh, Rebuild's office and away we went from there. So was it a bit. So you've been with Rebuild then for a couple of years, on and off? Uh, altogether about a year and a half, yeah. yeah. So... Has it been all plain sailing? Um, I wouldn't say like, smooth sailing. <laughs> I mean, I was... Has there been was, a few storms? Yeah, yeah, there has been a couple. <laughs> no, nah, only one storm. Yeah, um, yeah. I was with Rebuild for about... From November to about June 2019. And then I lost my job because I was falling into those back bad habits again. And um, I didn't have any responsibilities, didn't have my current fiancé or daughter. So, I... The one storm that had weathered was I lost my house and they gave me 14 days to move out of this house because I couldn't provide enough money for that. And um, it just got to the point where I'd lost my job, I couldn't provide the funds, tried to go on with a payment plan, they wouldn't have it, so I got kicked out. And this is where the only hurdle had stopped from then till now that I haven't done anything wrong and that was that I was homeless again. And I thought, alright I'm back at the same stage Stage one, what am I doing? Where am I going to go? What's going to happen? Started doing drugs again Not hard, hard drugs Just, you know, like weed and alcohol every day And just falling into that Sort of depression state where I was like Well, stuff it, you know Like I've lost everything I've worked for I'm just going to go back in Don't need to do nothing That's all I pretty much know And then Yeah, didn't end up going back inside, found this beautiful woman that, you know, I don't even still to remember this day how we even sort of linked up, it was, she added me or I added her, not too sure, and this is the first time I ever found myself a job, got off Centrelink, was doing weldering for about four months, lost my job because of the coronavirus, once as soon as it kicked in. Good old COVID, huh? Yeah, good old COVID-19, sort of stuffed it for everybody, but um. It's what gave me this second stint. So from there, I was like, oh, man, you know, like, baby's due in a couple months. What am I going to do? So funny enough, I was at um, Casey Hospital. Baby's about to be, well, was born. And um, I rang up Kate and I go, man, I was always thinking about rebuild anyway. I was like, man, I've lost that first opportunity. I'm never going to get it again. I miss all the boys that I work with, miss all the people. And my motto is you've got to have fun at work. I mean, you can't always be serious in life. That's what's just going to get you down in a bad, negative head state. So call Kate and I go, hey, man, I just wanted to say I miss you guys. Like, I stuffed up, didn't have any responsibilities back then. And then she was like, look, I'll speak to Damo, see what I can do. Um, And then, funny you know it, about a week later, she goes, all right, we'll come in on Monday. I'm like, oh, you know, I've got to impress the boss now. Like, what have I got to say? So I come in and then... um. Yeah, travelled, talked to Damo, and then I think it was within about 10, 15 minutes, he goes, look, I'm not going to ask you any questions. you got to tell me what you did wrong. And I said, look, man, I just didn't have any responsibilities back then. I just wasn't myself. I felt I lost my house. And you can understand, like, I was back at from step 100 to step 1 again. So I was like, oh, man, I didn't have any responsibilities, you know. I didn't have... A reputation to work towards. And now I do. Like I want to impress you guys, and I want to. If I do get that second opportunity to, you know, I got something to prove. I got something that I wasn't a wasted opportunity. I wasn't a person that you wasted time on trying to bring into this program. So here I am now. So how long? How long are we? Uh, part two.
2: How long are we into part two? From May till now. Yeah. Yeah. Going all right.
1: Yeah, going very good. Good. Very good.
2: What? Did you learn back then that you know, faced with now, you can have a different outcome if you're faced with
1: adversity? Um, That's a good question, actually. That's a very good question. I'd say responsibilities because I didn't have them then. So, you know, having a child, having a girlfriend, providing for your family as a man does, um, I didn't have that back then. I had nothing to support, nothing to... Be like, all right, well, you know, I know today's a bad day, but pick yourself up. Never had that. I was always talking to myself or my friends would be like, oh, man, come out for a good time to drown those bad times. And I was like, oh, yeah, all right, sweet. So, I mean, t- to now, it's like I've got full control. I've got total full control over it. i got control over myself, control over the the things I do and the people I see and, yeah, like, so I would say responsibilities.
2: Do you think you owe yourself, or do you think you owe other people anything in life at the moment?
1: The only people I owe anything to is Rebuild. They gave me that shot at life, and that, and I, I'm full. I'm 100 full committed to Rebuild because if it wasn't for Rebuild picking me up back at Ravenhall and giving me that chance, I probably would have just gone out and come back in again. Yeah. So that's that's the honest truth. So if it wasn't for Rebuild and my fiance now my child i would be wouldn't be sitting here
2: being in prison how many people in a similar situation to you is that that don't have what you have with rebuild um
1: yeah i mean there's a lot of people there that didn't get the opportunities that i got but they didn't work for them you know and i wouldn't say everybody doesn't work for them but I mean, once you got when you got things handed on the table for you to go and do and people don't do it, that's your own fault. So for me, I'm not gonna talk down anyone because that's not what I do. But I mean, if you don't go looking for the help that you wanna get, then you're not gonna get it. Mm-hmm. I mean it's all laid out there for you, it's all it's all pretty much posted up right in front of your face to say, Hey, come do this And if you don't do it well then I wouldn't say you're disadvantaged. I'd just say that you didn't choose to choose to get up off your bum and and then try and do something with yourself. So
2: yeah no, great. Good answer.
0: Are you looking at adding more responsibilities? I know a job. More jar, kids Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can settle down. <laughs> settle down, mate. Okay. <laughs> well John's over there sweating now going on. <laughs> uh, but um but you can see that it's been good for you. Yeah, no, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, I mean, the, more kids is not in the works at the moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's definitely um, on hold for a while. It's more than enough responsibility for me. I mean, I do choose having responsibilities in the future, mm. but for right now, I mean, all I got right now, the responsibilities I got is perfect. Yeah,
0: and what I'm what I'm seeing from you as well is that yeah, you're you're taking each step at a time. You, yeah. you spoke before about yeah, steps. You're at step one hundred, and then you went back to step one. Yeah. Um. And that's a really good way to look at it as well. You know, we take these little small steps and before you know it, you're miles away from where you were. Well,
1: I always say, you know, like, when you're at the bottom, you've got nothing to lose. You've only got everything to gain. Yep. But once you're at top, you've got everything to lose. You've got nothing to gain. Mm. So, mm-hmm. I mean, everyone's going to fall. Everyone's going to stumble. But it's up to you to to choose the two routes that you're going to take. And I mean, that's the, that's the God and that's the devil. And yep. Am I going to keep falling down? Or am I going to... Fall down, get back up, fall down, get back up. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and, you've, and you've definitely done that as well. Yeah. So.
1: I mean, I don't like blowing my own head up, but like, I mean, if it's going to help anyone, man, it's just like, just keep doing what you want to do. Just keep doing what you love and don't ever let life knock you down. Like, it's going to knock you down, but don't let it keep you down. Mm. Always get back up. And it's like every father that says to his child, if you get up on that bike and you fall down, get back up don't let it knock you down and keep you there
0: so. yeah and as well before jumping on uh being asked to come on this podcast yeah you you made comment that if it's to help other people i'll be there 100 percent.
1: yeah 100 percent. Mm. i still stand by that
0: and is that something that you see yourself doing moving forward as well is helping others
1: um yeah well i've always said to kate and um, damien that not only do i want to be a spokesperson i sort of i mean this podcast was good i mean once i got the opportunity to do it i said yes to kate straight up because i want people to know that there's a voice that they can always listen to but not just that that even if they're having a bad day listening to this will. it doesn't matter if it just doesn't help one person or it helps a hundred it's still going to help so i mean adversity 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 so it's just all about having that voice that you can always hear and speak up to and yeah, I wanna. I wanted to be a youth worker. I wanted to do all that stuff. So I mean, that's that's sort of what I want to do, get into because I mean, I was that once that child that you know was in big brother programs, mentor programs, going to youth centers, asking for help, going through all this and that and the other. So yeah, I do want to do something like that in the future. Definitely, definitely. So as a father,
2: what's how do you see yourself? Being a good father, what's what's the what's the ethics in there, and the, the morals that you, you you know you think you need to have,
1: or for you may have. For me, um, I'm sort of blessed to go through the life I went through because I now know as a father. Not, I'm not going to ever say to my daughter, "Oh, don't do this, don't do that," because I mean it's up for them themselves to learn as an individual. But for me, being a father, I know what roots. possibly not to take and what not to go down so i mean it's all about advice i mean at the end of the day you can only give what you can so as a father it's just i know about drugs the crime the routes you take the jail the consequences the positives the negatives so yeah i'm going to be a bit hard on it like i mean in the spirituality of things it's just about making our own decisions but i know that if she's going to fall down I'm going to be there to pick her up.
0: Good. Fantastic.
1: So I asked
2: this question at the end of every podcast. So when you were young, what did you want to be when you grew up?
1: Ooh. tough question, mate. Right? That is a good one. Well, to be honest, I know I'm going to probably get a lot of critique for this, but as a really young kid, I wanted to be a police officer. Right. Only for the point that I wanted to help people. I mean, that's all I've seen. I mean, when you're young, you learn, you know, ring triple zero for the police ambulance or whatever at fire brigade. I've seen as a police officer, as a person that should be helping people. Um, doesn't matter what they've done. Um, you should always be helping people and not putting them down. So it's all about just helping people. So that's what I wanted to be when I grew up. But that quickly changed as, you know, interactions with the police came about and things happened and myself falling into that. I would say the other side of the screen happens so yeah and what do you want to be
2: in what do you right now what do you want to be in 10 15 years
1: probably want to be either a ceo not a ceo I would mean ceo of like youth youth mentorship or program or business so yeah around youth youth work um giving back yeah giving back i can see you doing that yeah i could see myself doing that too
2: well, awesome. thanks so much uh, today, John. It's been great talking to you and really appreciate your, you know, your honesty, you know, your vulnerability and, and just sharing with us um, your life today. And, uh, you know, I, I really take from it, I hope, well, I hope other people take from it that sometimes, you know, life isn't always about getting one chance. You know, you need a second and sometimes you need a third, you need a fourth. Yeah. Know? Um, And I think, you know, your are testament to that, that, you know, you've went and grabbing you're grabbing them and um, so so keep keep hold of them thanks yeah no, keep focusing on what you're doing mate and uh, and all the best for the future yeah thank you you too guys
0: yeah. thanks. For having me. next week on a time to rebuild every day was life and death Is he going to be alive today or dead at the end of the day or dead in the middle of the night? So still all those ramifications of the law and prison, things like that, still as a mother looking at your child, are they alive or are they dead? Any mother would still prefer their child to be alive. If anything in today's episode has raised any issues for you or someone you know, head over to our website for a full list of services that may help. At ymcarebuild.org.au under the podcast tab. This podcast was produced by Mick Cronin and Mark Wilson. Editing done by Mark Wilson.